what is your ideal person like? I would start there and then work towards that. What does that ideal person think? What do they do? What do they believe? What do they say? What do they see, feel? All the things. And you have to either breadcrumb those that new identity along the way or you have to deal with lonely land and detach long enough for them to see it. Remember, results are the last thing to come, but that's the first thing other people see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Next Level University, where we teach you how to level up in your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. No matter where you are now or where you've been, there is a next level. We bring you five episodes a week, four of which are solo episodes with Kevin and I, and one world-class guest to help you get there. This podcast is proudly sponsored by our friend and mentor, David Meltzer of The Playbook Podcast. All right, so now we're going to open it up to Q&A. Again, this is heavy because this is kind of the whole game. This is the human condition. We all have an identity. The only question is, is it the identity that we want? Is it the identity we chose in advance? Okay, Amy, so do we have any questions that came through? Amy and Pup. We do. How do you identify the patterns that run you and how do you go about mitigating that? It's so interesting because I think sometimes you might need an external person to help because you don't necessarily see your own path or see your own patterns. But I would reflect, like what are some common things that have happened in your life? What are some common results that I have gotten? I know for me, I had a pattern in my past of becoming like friends with my partners. Like the romance would kind of go out the door and I would become friends with them. It was just a thing that happened. I don't know where that came from. I don't know where it stemmed from, but that's something that I started to notice and then I started to shift. You had a recent realization recently about that. How did you do that? Which realization? You saw a pattern in your past. Yeah. Um, You don't have to go in. I don't want to line you up if you don't want to talk about it. No, no. To answer the question though, how do you identify the patterns that run you? What Kevin is saying is like, honestly, give people permission who you trust to identify the patterns for you. We're all in our own sort of echo chamber. We did an episode on that uh, dropped today. It dropped today. Is your normal yes. normal? Yes, is your normal normal? I remember when I first got into personal development, I went back to my past and I asked a lot of my college friends. I asked my ex-girlfriends. I asked them questions about me from their perspective. Mm-hmm. And my my very first girlfriend... Um, not my first, but my first really serious one. We were together for four and a half years. And it was during the tail end of high school and the whole beginning of college. And I asked her, like, what have you noticed about me? What did you notice? Were there any patterns that you noticed? And she said, Alan, I, I always noticed that you never talk about your father. Never. You never brought him up. You never talk about him. And that got me to realize that that was something I was avoiding. My father passed away when I was two years old. And... I was avoiding the pain of that. I was avoiding avoiding the... And honestly, I do think to some extent my entire family didn't talk often about him either. And I've now shifted that a ton. I mean, if you're out there listening, you probably have heard me talk about it. But I remember that was a really big pattern for me of like, holy crap, I never talk about my father. You know? And so if you're out there, that's how you that's how you identify the patterns. Give people that you trust, that's the key, people that you trust the permission to identify the patterns that maybe you can't see. And to answer Kevin's question to me, Emilia has been doing that for me a ton. Kevin does that for me a ton. I do that for Kevin a ton. For sure. Um, and honestly, the whole NLU team has helped us with that tremendously as well because they can notice things that maybe we don't. 
I did the same thing. I actually didn't remember this until you said it. But when I always talk about how my girlfriend that wanted to go to California left, she left me. When she did, I actually asked my previous girlfriend, I said, hey, do you think I ever had any depressive or anxious qualities? And she said, like, honestly, yeah, I saw it a lot. And I ended up going to therapy after that for my second round of therapy. So that helped me tremendously. But I think you have to be in the right frame of mind. And like Alan said, it has to be somebody that I think it has to be somebody that you admire, somebody that you trust and somebody that you know is going to tell you the truth to give you the truth, not to hurt you or not to get revenge or anything. Someone who has your best interest at heart. Yeah. And someone who, again, is willing to tell you the uncomfortable truth. What's interesting about that is that Kevin was with that other person for a long time, but she didn't tell you that. Maybe because she didn't think of it, or maybe she was too scared. We all have someone in our life that we want to help, but we're afraid to tell them the truth, the uncomfortable truth. So, But remember, when you ask for feedback, people have the permission to finally give it to you. And that's that's valuable because it's like, well, would you have gone to therapy if it wasn't for that? No, probably not. And then would you be this man? Right. Maybe not, right? So right. it's it's really important. Good answer. You too, brother. I'm starting to question my identity. It feels like I don't have an identity right now. What can I do to get my identity back? Mm-hmm. You want to go first? I would write out all of the things that you know for sure. Uh, Elon Musk talks a lot about this. He says we have wishful thinking as human beings. We have a bunch of cognitive biases. And he says you got to go back to first principles. It's like a physics thing. What do I know for sure? Okay, gravity, 9.8 meters per second squared, blah, blah, blah. So, But do that with yourself. Uh, I was reading a book this past weekend. It's Oprah wrote it. It's called What I Know For Sure. After thousands of interviews of all the different walks of life, this is what she knows for sure. Start writing down. What do I know for sure? And write that at the top of the page. What do I know for sure about myself? Question mark. And then just start. And that's, if you can't say I know it for sure, it's probably not real. It's probably a story you've told yourself. If you do know it for sure, that's probably the truth. And I think that exercise would help every single one of us, including me and Kevin, honestly. What can I do to get my identity back? I don't know that you always want to get your identity back. I think... One thing that we've learned and we've told so many people, every member of the NLU team this, you're going to go through identity crisis here just because you're getting so much new awareness. So I would think to yourself, okay, if you're questioning your identity, something happened, whether or not you got a new awareness, whether you got a new pain, you got a new lesson, if it doesn't feel like you have an identity right now, I would figure out what do you want your identity to be? Like, I've gone through so many identity shifts and I'm happy where I am now, but it was always, what is the best identity for me? Like, what do I want to aspire to? I don't think losing your identity is necessarily a bad thing. I think it's a good opportunity for you to level it, level it up and figure out, is my identity actually serving me? I would say that right there is an identity. So if you have the identity I'm going to say this about 50 times in this sentence. If you have the identity that losing your identity is a bad thing, you can pivot that into saying like, this is actually a really good opportunity for me to get crystal clear on who I want to be. What What is your ideal person like? I would start there and then work towards that. What does that ideal person think? What do they do? What do they believe? What do they say? What do they see, feel? All the things. Does anyone know someone who really isn't that attractive from your perspective, but they think they're super attractive? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no, you're good. You're you're stuck. You're stuck. It, it, appreciate you, brother. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting to me. Um, I'm thinking of someone right now 
and it's like they're really not that attractive but they don't act like an unattractive person they just kind of own it and they smile all the time and it's wonderful they're like very outgoing and they end up being kind of attractive because they got to own it you yeah you got to own, own it I, I think that's yeah we can all mold this and and you can transform your identity and that's honestly what the phoenix from the ashes is it's like the phoenix burns down and then comes back that that analogy is is basically a transformed identity analogies away Hi everyone, my name is Bianca Thomas. I am the host of the Y Power podcast, and I'm also a client of both Kevin and Alan. I had the absolute pleasure and honor, and honestly, the blessing of meeting both of these extraordinary men at the beginning of their journey, you know, when the Hyperconscious podcast was just at its beginning. And To keep it short and sweet, these two guys have completely changed my life. Because of them, I've been able to really learn how to love myself, to express myself, to go past my fears and have the courage to do things that I never thought I would have done, like having my own podcast. Uh, I'm a little over time, but I just wanna say, you know, if there's anyone out there who wants a coach, who wants help, who wants two people to lean on. It's these two guys. They are rare, extraordinary men. And I'm so lucky to have them in my life. How do I determine if the story I tell myself is helping or hurting me? My goodness gracious. I would say, I'll make it easy because I know Alan will probably go deep. (laughs) I, I think, are the results you're getting the ones that you want? First question. Number two, are they sustainable? So the story I've always told myself is I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not business savvy enough. I'm not whatever. Okay, this is a good example. Alan and I are going to Colorado. Nick Cavuto invited us out there and there's going to be 20 people in the room. And these 20 people are going to be most likely very wealthy, very next level. Like this is a High-end exclusive event. Awesome. I'm already telling myself that I'm not going to be good enough, that I'm probably not going to be smart enough, that I'm going to be way behind, that I'm out of my league. Now, if I can survive that and still go, nine times out of 10, my experience is better than I think it'll be. It was like that with Brendan Burchard. It was like that when we went to Florida. It was like that when we went to Brendan Burchard the second time. It was like that when I've done speeches. It's kind of always been like that. I know that because I know it's the pattern. So I know it's probably neutral. If I could get rid of that and take action anyway, I'd be way better off, but I don't allow it from stopping me to do things. So honestly, I think it's personal and I think it's whether or not you can sustainably use it as fuel. I think it's dangerous dangerous if it's a negative thing that's making you feel any lack, I would say. Mm. Strong work on that. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. So how do I determine if the story I tell myself is helping or hurting me? It it comes down to, is this empowering or is this disempowering? And there's so many nuances to that. And it really does determine, it, it's entirely based on your uniqueness, based on core aspirations, core values, and core beliefs. So if you have a core aspiration to be a public speaker, but you've told yourself a story that you're shy, of course that's hurting you. But in all honesty... If you are a writer, a novelist, and you've told yourself a story that you're shy, that might actually help you because you're going to be alone a lot writing. 
So the only way to determine whether or not the story you've told yourself is is empowering or disempowering is to take it in the context of your own goals and dreams. Core aspirations, core values, core beliefs. Is this empower is this getting you closer to the life you want or is it getting you farther away? Keep asking that question and and you'll your answers will tell you whether or not it's empowering or disempowering. But no one can do that for you. And this is something that I'll say quickly. I realize in hindsight that most of the advice that I've gotten didn't really apply to me because they didn't want what I want for my life. And so if your parents think you should be a doctor and that was never really what you wanted, most of their advice is actually in, inaccurate and not really good for you. Uh, and that's why NLU I think is so important is because we don't believe you should be what we think you should be. We believe that you should be what you think you should be. And that's the one rule at NLU is you don't suppress people. If you want to like women, do it. If you like men, do it. Like we believe you should be what you want. And if you're not in rooms like that, uh, get in those and that's a little side tangent, but yeah. Everything comes from that contextual place of is this empowering or disempowering for the version of me that I aspire to? I think another, so you and I were fishing one time and you and I were talking about something. And I remember saying, you had a story that you were telling yourself mm-hmm. and you said, I'm, I'm learning lessons here. So you, you, you mm-hmm. want to tell the story? Yeah. Uh, I was spending a lot of time with someone who I don't believe was, was, in hindsight, I don't believe was best for my growth. Mm. But at the time, I told myself a story that it was best for my growth because, yeah, it was really hard, but I was learning so much. And Kevin said, Alan, you would be learning anyway. Yeah. But you might be learning in a way that's hurting you maybe less. Basically, like, um, caffeine is awesome. And caffeine's really good, but too much of it will really kill you. Exactly. And it's kind of like, I think it depends on how... How specific is the story that you're telling yourself? Like, if you're, you know, say you you met somebody in middle school and you went on to marry this person and you're, the story you're telling yourself is this is my person forever because of that story, that's already more of a story than something else. So it's like, how personal is the story to you? I think that's an important distinction. How do you know if, that, if that's a correct or incorrect I think story? Gotta, I think you gotta ask somebody. I think you also gotta ask your intuition. Yeah. But I, I do believe that people can see like, it's like, yeah, you know, this relationship's awesome. Like, I just, I love it so much. It's like, oh, every time I see you, you're crying right. about it. It's like, is there, do you just have something in both your eyes every time? Or is your relationship like, because I've had people in the past, it's like, yeah, this is the person for sure. It's like, every time you call me, you're sad. Every time. Every time. And it's like, something has to shift here. So I think it's the story that they were telling themselves. A little tangent for me as well. Appreciate it, man. Amy, one more. How do you go about showing your family your new identity when they're so used to the old one? My goodness. Fire question. Go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, no, you go. I think this is one year. Again, I haven't, this isn't something I've, I've struggled with. So I feel like I'll add value after you go, but I feel like this isn't necessarily my wheelhouse. I appreciate uh, the, the humility there. Um, very few people don't deal with this one. Very few people, thousands and thousands between Kevin and I, we have over a thousand coaching calls and they get deep. They're a full hour. They're deep. And not everybody does full hours, but anyways, everyone's dealing with this except, but to what extent 
Kevin's dealt with this, but much less, and that's what he just admitted. Remember, your family grew up with you. So they've fallen in love with the version of you that is what is up to now, not who you aspire to be. So the, you know, how do you go about showing your family your new identity when they're so used to the old one? You have to be willing to sit in the discomfort. This is a thing. I remember when I went all in on being a bodybuilder and I was suddenly obsessed with fitness and that was a drastic shift. Most people who knew me up to that point got very um, uncomfortable, especially because none of them were really that into fitness. And they, they had all their own opinions and beliefs and I got made fun of and I remember I had a couple years that were really pretty brutal, honestly. And I just kept showing up for me and pretty much at this point, everyone who used to think I was crazy now like considers me a fitness person, at least to some extent, or an athlete. It's almost like you have to hang in long enough to where they see what you always knew. So if you're out there right now, you're listening to Next Level University, you are into personal development. And quite frankly, a lot of the world is not. Most likely your family is not if you're dealing with this problem. If you aspire to a greater future that they don't know or see yet, they're going to not understand you. You have to be willing to sit in the discomfort of being misunderstood. You have to be willing to have the conversations, the courageous conversations that are difficult. And you have to either breadcrumb those that new identity along the way or you have to deal with lonely land and detach long enough for them to see it. Remember, results are the last thing to come, but that's the first thing other people see. So I knew that we'd be successful podcasters. Never had a doubt, honestly. But now the world is finally starting to see that, which is tr- quite honestly beautiful. But when I first started saying it, I mean, nobody, not nobody, but very few people really understood why I was doing what I was doing, especially when what I was doing they thought was much better and much more lucrative. Mm. And at the time it was. Yeah. I believe that in many cases, the people who are afraid to show their family their real identity have created their identity because of their family. More often than not, that's what I've seen. I did a post the other day, and this might not apply to you, so I'll try to get more granular quickly, but I did a post the other day that basically said, you have to give yourself the grace to disappoint those who have been disappointing you. Mm. Why? Because this is your life. Like this, this will be a little motivational thing, but I do believe like you have one life, you're put on this earth for a reason, and when you go away, you go away, and you don't get to take anything with you. If your family died and you didn't adopt your new identity and chase your dreams, you would regret it. I know you would, because I almost died. Like that's, Alan almost died. That's how we know. So you already said it in the question. How do you go about showing your family your new identity? That's the hardest part. The hardest part is showing it. If you can just show up as the person that you want to be, you're going to get some pushback for sure. I would say find a community of people who not only accept that, but they want that for you. That'll help. And I think that, like Alan said, there is no easy answer. You have to weather the storm. Like, how do I walk to the mailbox in the rain? You get wet. You bring an umbrella, but you're still going to get wet. You're going to step in puddles. I don't know that there's any good answer to this. It's 
Know it's possible. Know it's possible for you. And the last one, believe it will be worth it. Will it be worth it for you to adopt the identity that you feel is authentic to you? That's what I would say. Anyone who listened to this entire thing knows that identity is everything. Uh, If you want to get to the next level of your life, you're going to have to transform your identity in advance. So um, what you say, think, do, feel, and believe has gotten you to this point. Hopefully, we've shifted some things for you so that you can transform. If you feel like the Phoenix who just burnt down, that's okay. That actually means that you're winning. And many of my mentors have told me that many times, and they were always right eventually. So it doesn't feel good, but it is going to help you get to the next level. Boom. Speaking of getting to the next level, Mm -hmm. we have an online course that Alan and I recorded. $47. If you don't get to the next level within 30 days, Get your money back. No questions asked. It's coming out. It will be on the website. We got to give it a little plug. Ladies and gentlemen, we love you. We appreciate you. And as always, we do not have fans. We have family. We will talk to you all soon. Thank you, Amy. Talk soon. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. One podcast episode can change your life forever. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you care about deeply. And we will talk to you on the next one.